That's the big one. I know it. We'll all be destroyed. Calm down, Alpha. It's Rita. She's escaped and she's attacking the planet. Ay, ay, ay. What do we do? Teleport to us five overbearing and over-emotional humans. No, not that. Not teenagers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages and everyone else in between that I possibly missed, including your pets, the Frustrated Podcast is proud to present the 10th episode of the show! Today we have you, the researcher Pete, the ranter Jeremy, and special guest star, the ranger master Rob. We are the Frustrated Fans! And today we bring you episode 16 of season 1 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Switching Places. Here we go. Take it, Pete. Hi. I will say that, that was, was very a... enthusiastic. Uh, it's, the first day, it's the first day back in education season at my job. I'm a little tired. But let's not let physical capability or fatigue slow us down. Welcome, uh, welcome, loyal fans, to the, our tenth episode. Yay, we made ten! Woo-hoo! As mentioned, we are covering the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay, how can we completely chop up Japan Japanese footage and make it somehow appeal to American children? I don't know. Four kids tried to do that with One Piece and failed miserably. Yeah, but this was uh, that was a later experiment. This is true. So. Power Rangers would be one of the first successful things that Ham Saban did. And potentially the longest running successful thing. Okay, then. So Power Rangers, if you've never been living under the rock for the last 20 years, was a import from Japan. It is now over 20 years old and was immensely popular when it first debuted in 1993. It uh, originally converting material from the Sentai series in Japan. Have I have that right, Sentai? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it completely Americanized the concept. And by Americanized, I mean lots and lots of overdubbing. A lot. Uh, also, the switching of the genders from the Japanese version for the Yellow Ranger from the, uh, to the American version. Since you are a Ranger Master, why don't you give us the basic of the series? How does this work in the first season? Uh, in the first season... And I have to thank you for ripping off my nostalgia filters. Again, Pete, thank you. Um, I'm evil that way. Yes, very evil. Uh, it had a simple formula of setup, monster inter- monster introduction, fight with uh, fight before morphing, then you're fighting with morphing, then make my monster grow, and then Super Megazord fight. Then the wrap up and potential, uh, I don't know, morale lesson, really. But that was basic formula, and it was a very successful formula at the time. Nowadays, you really can't get away with it unless you uh, add in some stupid comedy. At least in my well, opinion. I mean, I mean, they tried to re- re- reproduce the form. Saban tried to reproduce the formula three times over, as I recall. They have, like, what was it, uh, Masked Rider, VR Troopers, and what was the third one? Big Bad uh, Beetleborgs. Thank you. Big yes. Bad Beetleborgs. Yep. Which and those did... lasted for two seasons. I think that was yep. the longest lasting of the spinoffs or imitations. And I'm pretty sure all of them were produced by Saban. Yep. Of course, what sticks in my mind is the uh, super wa- uh, strong Warner siblings. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's the Anime Next parody, but... Yes. Right! 
again, that was the formula, and it kept uh, six to ten-year-olds pretty occupied every Saturday morning. Yeah, I was guilty of that. Yep, same here. I still have the Tiger Electronics handheld, so... I'm impressed. And blanket. You know, those woolly blankets that would deceive you with the silky uh, trimmings? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still have that. And there goes all credibility that I have. Eh. That's all right. I know in my parents' attic, all my old toys are up there, and I've got the original Super Nintendo and original Sega Genesis Power Ranger games in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I admit, um, I think my favorite product I had back in the day, at least for Power Rangers, was the make-your-own uh, action figure kit, where you made it out of, I guess, plaster of Paris? I'm never really quite sure what the material was, but these figures were just oh they they were okay you mean you had to paint them yourself and they had molds for each one but oh were they fun to break <laughs> they were fun to see how many pieces you could break them into and then super glue them back together <laughs> we'd do it all over again so how many putties did you make did you make a putty army no no putties these were the rangers we were dropping from height and watching them split into ten pieces how horrible you, mur- you eh. murderer okay. but I'm um, uh now, episode 16 is the Brain Swap episode. Correct. Or as it's officially known on TV Tropes, the Freaky Friday Flip. Yes. Yep. And in this episode, Billy and Kimberly are the ones to swap brains. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But um, for those of you who have never seen the original season, let me put it this way. It was originally five teenagers with attitude, quote who transformed into superheroes to fight off a villain who really needed a better name. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. Coming back to even without the nostalgia filters, Rita Repulsa is a terrible name. Oh, I forgot. I think I forgot that was her last name (laughs) until I was rewriting this, and I'm like, wait, Rita Repulsa? Yeah, well, that sounds familiar now. Well, at least it had an upgrade in Season 2 with Lord Zed. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. Which... He premiered in primetime. I remember that was yep. on. It was on Friday night. It was three Fridays that they premiered the uh, season two of that show. Mm-hmm. So we had the Red, uh, Jason the Red Ranger, Zach the Black Ranger, Billy the Blue Ranger, and Resident Techhead, Teletrina the Yellow Ranger, and Kimberly the Pink Ranger, and the Resident Valley Girl. Later, Sir, and then Sir not appearing in this episode, Tommy the Green Ranger. Yep. Who left, and then came back, and then left again, and then and came, came back, back again. <laughs> yep. As the and White then, Ranger. Yep. And then stayed on to become Red Zeo, and then Red Turbo, and then all the way in Dino Thunder. Because I like trolling on Wikipedia and know this stuff. <laughs> so I mainly know some of this stuff. Well, I remember him leaving and then coming back, leaving, coming back, but... Most of my knowledge now comes from watching and rewatching uh, Linkara's History of Power Rangers videos. Which is excellent. Yes. Yes. Endorsement. Yes. Um, I pretty much stayed true to the fandom up until when they did uh, In Space. And I remember that day when it was premiering, the first episode of that series, I was in a pawn shop. I was watching the episode as best as I could with no sound. And from then on, I could only keep up as best as I could. Um, well, it was the, before the YouTube era anyway, yes. so... Yeah. And 
then I uh, around SPD was when I just gave up on it, and I understand that wasn't that your favorite series season. We'll get to that. Yeah. You finish your memory lane first. And, but I did get to go back and rewatch the entirety of Dino Thunder. But that, uh, but that was just recently, and I hadn't watched Power Rangers in the longest time until when I had to rewatch episode 16 of the first season. Now, every now and then, I will go and rewatch a uh, Power Rangers movie and Turbo movie, which in, seems like self-torture. But. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. And uh, you're talking to a guy who watches the nin- third Ninja Turtles movie on rare occasion. Uh, isn't that uh, Turtles in Time? Yeah, and that's that's self torture. Damn right. I will be right back. Okay. Well, while he comes back, um, why don't we take make this our official break then? Sounds good. Will you please like speak English? My brain's in your body, and yours is in mine. What? Okay, so you're saying you kind of left around SPD, and you've just have you kept up with any of the other current seasons or them as um, seasons post? I've watched the first few episodes when Samurai came out because I mean Bulk was coming back, hell yeah, uh, and I was hoping that they would actually make more nods to the original series with that. Uh, Did they? In the first few episodes, I wasn't entirely impressed. Hmm. Because, I mean, Bulk, yes, was back, but he was teaching Skull's nephew. Or son. I forget which. It was just that... It wasn't that memorable to me. Mm. Or memorable, however you pronounce it. Have they released the, the 20th anniversary episode yet? The I think it's Ranger War, or whatever it's called? Uh, the, me- the 20th anniversary Megaforce episode? Yeah. Not to my knowledge, but I may... Uh, I have been out of the loop, and... I do have to correct you, uh, Jeremy. I am not a yep. mas- master. I am a connoisseur. Ah, okay. Well, you more know more than both of us. Yes. So, but I uh, I will jump right back into the pool and I will check on that as soon as we're done with this episode. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess we should talk about my experience. Yeah, I both Jeremy and I were we were right around the target age when this show first debuted, right? Yeah. So, yeah, of course I got caught up in it. And I think I managed to stick around for about the first season and a half. And But I, I really stuck longer with it than most of my friends, if only for the giant robot fights. Because, hell, at the time, I knew how cheesy the show was. I knew how crappy the silly morals and everything else. But robot fights robot are fights. and... Still awesome at some points, um, but once they replaced half the cast, I was just like, I'm done. I was done. Yeah. Um, now I, I actually uh, a few of my friends and I we started watching the SPD season for kicks, and we actually ended up watching all of it, and we we totally dug it. I mean, yeah, it was bad, but not not what we remembered, but it was okay. Of honestly, as far as the whole nostalgia filters go, Green with Evil, the five parter, is definitely one of my favorite plot lines of any kid show. Could be because you, you know what, you rarely see a hero work for evil, even brainwashed. Yeah, I mean that was the first few instances that I can remember of my early childhood that that has actually happened. And you, yeah, would, also, you would also see the same thing happen again in Ninja Storm. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, I remember. 
Uh, Jeremy, what about your experience with the show? Uh, I watched it from season one through... I don't remember if I actually hit season three or not. I know I stopped watching it a little ways after... It was after they did the cast change, and it was after Rita came back and married Zed. I remember that. And then I just kind of lost interest in it, and as it was with my friends and me when we were kids, when we stopped like when we stopped liking something, we just ended up hating it instead. So we ended up, we're like, oh, we hate Power Rangers now. So I, but when I was a fan, I God, I had so many toys. I had so many of the toys. I had the, merchandising. Yep, I had the Dragon Dagger toy. Oh, yep. I hope you kept that. Uh, yeah, it's, like I said, it's in my parents' attic. Uh, and I, I remember finding it too. Like my parents and I were on vacation. And we were just in a random toy store, and it was like this little hole-in-the-wall place, nothing. I look up, and I see the Dragon Dagger box, and just freaked out and got it, and yeah, I was really happy. I don't really look back at it that often, but like I said, after I watched Linkara's History of Power Rangers videos, kind of rekindled some of my interest and rekindled the, the uh, buried fan inside me. Um, so he kind of came back, my, my inner fan came back from the dead. And I actually did watch, after, on the recommendation from History of Power Rangers, I watched the episode Forever Red, the 10th anniversary episode, and it was actually pretty damn good. I, I thought it was pretty fun. The action was still good. The action was really good, and the special effects had come a long way. Yes, it had. Wow. As well as you were able to see some of your favorite Red Rangers uh, as they were in, at that time. Yeah. I remember it was weird seeing Tommy with short hair. You're telling me, dude, I, I saw him at St. Louis Comic Con, oh, like wow. in person. Um, yeah. And he's got that green streak in his hair. Yep. <laughs> and, well, he's actually really good interacting with fans. He totally doesn't mind them, you know, when they turn eight years old again and start melting down <laughs> around him. Yeah. I actually, I remember I rewatched Green with Evil, I think it was like last year or the year before, and sitting there, I was like, it's still kind of entertaining, but oh my god, is this aged. Like, just a lot of it. And then rewatching this episode, but we'll... Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. But, uh... I had to do, I did read background research for this building, uh, uh, episode, mostly because I was curious on the whole Japan source. And I've watched... I mean, I would probably a handful of episodes out of the original Kiro Sentai Zero Ranger, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Japan, Japan's nuts, first of all. I'm going to say that right, right? <laughs> I thought that was common knowledge by now. Um, <laughs> but, you know what, they, for even a kid show, they definitely try and keep the plot strong, even when they're silly. Yeah, I, I will give them that. So... Um, so I also watched the background, the original episode for what became the American episode, and, um, yeah, it's a hatchet job, more so than usual. Yeah, I noticed that when watching this episode, is when I rewatched Green with Evil, there were a lot of fast cuts at points where they would just show, like, a bit of a fight scene and, like, jump to something else, but in this one... Like, I actually recognize the first fight scene in this when they, after they morph, is actually ripped out of the first episode of the show. Like, the era, either that or they just have many, many very similar clips to them fighting in the abandoned building district down by the, down by the docks. 
which that's probably also... In short, film is expensive. Reuse what you can. Yeah. And the you can also tell the difference between the effects from the Japanese show and the effects that they decided to use for, like, the English stuff. And, God, because... <laughs> The, the U.S. special effects are just uh, like little light lines flying everywhere when Rita throws lightning at them. Make my monster grow! Yep. God, I forgot how insane her voice was. That that voice actress either has a lot of throat problems by now or is an amaz- is amazing at like just doing those wacky voices. Well, uh, she is a prolific uh, voice actor. And... Oh. Let me pull up her... Go ahead. Um, while you're doing this, uh, I looked into Japanese lore. Uh, there are no such thing as genies in Japanese lore, really. <laughs> it's mostly an Arabic thing, like, you know, Aladdin. Yeah. That's just managed to translate to a lot of common culture around the world. Was Did the Japanese version ever provide a reason why the genie looked like Anubis? Nope. Rock on, then. When he when he appeared, I'm like, he looks like Anubis. And you can also tell that that kind of a bit of a hack job they did with the editing because they cut to the villains, then they cut back to the heroes, then they cut back to the villains, and they do, they've literally done nothing. Like they're standing in the exact same position they were five minutes ago, and then they, like finally they cut back to them, like, all right, let's do something. And then they kind of lose the lamp, and then the genie goes nuts and starts fighting them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Goodson was the voice of Rita Repulsa. Oh, and okay. she has 225 credits to her name as far as voice acting or acting itself. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, the more prolific, as far as IMDb is concerned, is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, Vampire Hunter D, and Akira. Huh. And uh, I know this will be... She was the shaman voice in the Legend of Korra series. Uh, the episodes oh, beginning okay. part one and two. Yeah, I know who that is now. So okay. try disconnecting that reference point. Well, while I try, we'll take a quick break. Like, people think I've gone totally manky or something. Look at the way I'm looking. My hair, my makeup. Yuck! Yeah, well, I trusted you with an elementary processing tutorial, and you turned my transmission decoders into a synaptic nightmare! And we're back. I watched the Japanese episode, and the, before we get into the American, basically the plot of the Japanese one is that these random group of kids find this magic lamp. Genie shows up. Genie starts granting wishing to the kids. Kids start using it for ki- what kids do best: toys. <laughs> merchandising. Uh, merchandising. Candy. The genie. Genie draws the attention of the evil witch. She tries to convince him to go her side. He refuses because he's still lamp stolen by the kids. And then until the lamp gets taken by the bad guys, and he's working for them, it gets taken back, the rangers take it back. Basically, and then, basic lamp rules. Yeah. Whoever owns the lamp controls the considerable powers. So, effectively, the, witch destro- the bad, bad lady destroys the lamp and makes the uh, genie a new one that makes him evil. Rangers show up, rangers summon Megazord, uh, or whatever, and... Then the rangers realize, hey, if we destroy the bad lamp and fix the good one, he'll do good again. So they do, and he is. End of episode. Yay! Okay, now one, either one of you... Let's see how bad the American 
episode can screw that up. <laughs> well, the, the American episode starts off with Billy and Kimberly in Billy's garage, and unfortunately that doesn't lead to anything more interesting than what happens in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and he's working on something that'll allow this giant machine that will allow someone to read another person's thoughts. So, cool. They get into the machine, which is basically just a big cardboard cutout with some lights on it, and that is perfectly set up just for them. And Yeah, it, I noticed that too. Yep, and apparently one of Rita's minions messed with it the night before, so it switches their brains, and instead of trying to fix it right away, they decide, hey, let's go to school. Yeah, which, after rewatching it, one, if the enemy could get into their houses, why didn't they do something more sinister sooner? And two, that... For being a genius, that would have been the furthest thing I, uh, Billy should have done was going back to school. Yeah. Next I, to putting on, trying to put on makeup. Yeah. I did find it kind of interesting how when Billy was in Kimberly's body, he still needed glasses. Which, uh, after doing some thinking, I think his vision problems stems from a neurological problem in the first ah, place. Apparently. That's a very good point. And, so, new uh, headcanon for everybody. Hooray! <laughs> oh, and uh, part of this, I just remember, this was funny. Bulk and Skull are watching them, and it, and like I guess it's one of Billy's dogs like runs over to them and starts barking and growling at them, chases them off. You hear like this, like this demonic dog growling. When they actually turn over, like point the camera at the dog, the dog looks happy as can be. Good <laughs> And if you're paying attention, you'll hear the bark before they cut the camera away from the non-barking dog. <laughs> oh, so it's like the dog in uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Yes. Yep. yep, except not played completely for laughs. Oh. Yep. And Bulk and Skull end up switching brains, too. So magically, Bulk can fit in the same space as Billy could, because... Okay. Body uh, proportions? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. But, uh... And they did the smart thing. They never went to school, but then again, they never really attended classes in the first place. If you, uh, if you believe that they were like this school bullies and dropouts and whatnot. Yeah. And so. then, yeah. So they go to school. They have problems. They start yelling at each other. I, I think one of my favorite moments is Kimberly and Billy's body hitting the wrong button on a computer keyboard, and the computer explodes. Oh, not only does the computer explode, the computer builds up to an explosion. Yeah. Yes. Which, and I've never, been able, I've never even been able to do that with computers, and I've had about every single problem known to man. The monitor wasn't even connected to the PC. <laughs> really? I didn't just, notice. It wasn't connected to the PC, and yet it exploded. What? <laughs> Why? Magic. We don't have to explain anything. <laughs> Yep. Uh -huh. And then the... So... Yeah, between all of this, Rita and her minions are like, hey, we have a lamp. And then ten minutes later, like, hey, we have a lamp. Maybe we should use it. And they summon a genie that looks like Anubis for some reason. And they he attacks, and uh, the rangers go and fight. The whole brain-switching thing never comes really comes into play. And they have some really awkward fight sequences because the camera keeps cutting away. And they defeat the genie. Billy. No, they don't. Alpha does. Oh yeah, Alpha. Yes, Alpha was the hero of the episode. How sad is that? Oh <laughs> I think dear. That this episode down even more notches. So Invader Zim was the hero. 
Yeah, he's voiced by Richard Horvitz, who voiced the legendary Invader Zim, does Billy and Billy and Mandy, and uh, one of the Angry Beavers. I can't remember who. Daggett. Daggett, Daggett, Daggett. For those those who don't remember, Alpha was the annoying little robot that went, ay, 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 ay! And he just wanted to smash with a hammer. I'm sorry, am I projecting? (laughs) A bit. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so Alpha defeats the genie. Billy switches them back. Bulk and Skull show up, and the Rangers tease them. Be like, maybe we shouldn't switch them back, but they do. Dick and, move uh, on their part. Yep, that was kind of a dick move. And that, though I did like the very last joke of the episode, where Skull puts his arm around Billy's shoulders. He's like, so I got a math test next week. That was Skull. switching brains. <laughs> that was Skull. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And does uh, it really matter? It was. Uh, to me, it the two does, characters are pretty interchangeable. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> they're fun. Don't get me wrong; I, they even got a smile out of me. But yeah, I did like their theme song, the the little let motif. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, I had my own thoughts on rewatching the episode, and I've already voiced most of these thoughts to you, Pete. Other than you hate me for yes. spoiling <laughs> your past. <laughs> yeah, thank you for just. Ripping away the nostalgia. Uh, Please don't put my voodoo doll over a flame again. <laughs> no, you get the pins tonight. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the, my first... Wait, <laughs> I, I don't want to know what you guys have planned for after the podcast, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, viewers or listeners just know that we've been friends for a very long time, so... Yeah. Uh, my first complaint about the whole episode was glasses don't work that way. I've had that complaint twice. And, uh, yeah, again, like I said earlier, I think it stems from a neurological problem. The 90s lingo, grungy, for example, that just made me cringe. And why would Billy even attempt to put on makeup if he don't even know how? Yeah. Why wouldn't they even stay home? I mean, this yeah. is a perfect good reason to call in sick. Why did he leave all the lipstick around his lips there for the rest of the episode? And how did... I mean, were the clothes that he was wearing at the time in Kimberly's body Kimberly's in the first place? God, I hope so. <laughs> and the same goes for Bill, uh, uh, Kimberly and Billy's body. I mean, or did she spend money that Billy didn't have or couldn't afford to spend to buy <laughs> nice looking clothes <laughs> and if the enemies did have a genie why didn't they wish for world domination yeah show over yeah, yeah. season over <laughs> franchise over. over and I mean when I was watching the genie I couldn't help but think Arabian Nights <laughs> <laughs> But it's just problem after problem. But this is all stemming from the fact that I'm an adult now watching this show. Granted. And Rita didn't even say, make my monster grow. That was like one of the highlights of the show. Just because you knew there was going to be an all-out robot battle. And oh yeah, you missed. we missed her Olympic-level javelin throw. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I, if I was watching a like a fan edit of the show, you would hear the song Chick Stick Giant Robots at that point. <laughs> nice. So, but she, all she t- says is in your face Power Rangers. You gotta give her props. She's trying something new. This episode was like the 90s flying right back into my face. 
And if anybody knew the folklore of genies or genie in the first place, that episode would have ended so much sooner. Yeah, it's yeah. Alpha mentioning, hey, the source of his power is the lamp. Really? Yes. <laughs> I would have never have guessed. Yeah. And why did Jason have his jacket tied around his neck? Because nineties. Nineties. I mean, but we'll continue discussing nineties after a break. Nineties. Huh. 90s. 90s? 90s. 90s. Hey, one more and we're going to invoke 90s kid. I don't want him in my house. <laughs> but the 90s were totally like that. No, you fool! I gotta go smash something. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, well, while Pete's destroying something in the background, uh, I guess I'll give my opinion on the episode. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't remember this episode from when I was a kid, but grant, but considering season one has 60 episodes, that's not too surprising. And, yeah, this either hasn't aged well in any conceivable way, or I'm just way too old to be watching it, and it's probably both. Uh, a bit. This actually took me two attempts to watch. Like, I, I watched the first six minutes on my computer, and I was like, I need a break. And then uh, watched the whole thing start to finish while I was making dinner. Um, and now that I know the show is a mixture of the Sentai and American footage, yeah, I can just see all the seams coming loose. And, uh, yeah. I mean, about a year or two ago, I watched the Green, I rewatched Green with Evil, and after I was watching, I was like, God, I used to love this as a kid. And I was like, it's not aged well, but it was a nice weird trip down memory lane. This was a bad trip down memory lane. Uh, Within my head, within the first, like, five minutes of this episode, I'm thinking, like, logic questions. Like, why would they go to school? Why is he putting in makeup? Why does he need glasses in her body? What, you know, why does Bulk fit into that little space that Billy barely fit in, you know, perfectly fit into? Why is this happening? If they know where the Rangers' houses are, how, about they ha- how come they haven't dropped a bomb on them or dropped the monster on them or something? So everything and, I thought of. Yeah, and, like, the last five minutes... We're just completely insane, where it's like the fast cuts, like, they go fight, and then they're back at the base, but then they're back out again, and then the ground shakes, and then they call in the swords, which took up half the fight. And, yeah, and it was due to, I know it was due to a lack of, you know, a lot of Sentai footage, or usable Sentai footage, and the brain switching didn't affect the fight at all, again, due to them relying on Sentai footage. And, yeah, for kids... This is fine. You know, it's it was obviously never intended to appeal to the older audiences like Gargoyles or Batman, which that's fine. You know, I mean, kid kid shows if they're just targeted towards kids, that's fine. Though, I mean, it one of the bonuses of targeting it towards people as they grow is they'll stay watching it so you don't lose viewers as you go. And I really doubt I'd watch this episode again. I, I wouldn't mind watching another episode of the show for for the podcast. I don't know if I'd seek them out, you know, just intentionally. And I don't really hate it because it did bring up some nostalgia, like seeing the Zords transform and the music was still pretty cheesy, like badass and very 90s. And yeah, I've I've definitely outgrown this show, though. And it's kind of more like just a little, oh, this is still pretty neat. But 
it's not like going back and watching when we watched the Ninja Turtles episodes for our second show, or sorry, our third show, and I really enjoyed a lot of those, especially Corporate Raiders from Dimension X. Like that, that was well. Later. Let's be honest here. I mean, there's a certain enjoyable about the Ninja Turtles camp. Yeah. I mean, yes, it gets hokey. Yes, it gets weird at points. Um, Best illustrated but, in uh, the Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Are like the eighth, the season eight, nine, and ten, which were terrible. But I don't know Power Rangers. I'm not sure why, but it just doesn't have that same stability. At least not in the same level of nostalgia. At least for you and me. I mean, I know with like old, some of the older animated shows, the animation hasn't held up very well. With this one, it's a lot of the effects have not <laughs> held up at all, and the. Uh, like like I said, now that I'm older and I know that it's a mixture of the Sentai footage and American footage, you can really tell the difference. Alright, as for me, watching the original Japanese, I watched that after I watched the episode, so I'll try not to bring that up. Um, but here's the thing, the Freaky Friday flip is actually one of my favorite guilty pleasure tropes. I love it when cartoons or live action or even film does this. Now, I do have exceptions. I refuse to watch the Jamie Curtis and Lindsay Lohan movie. Well, that was pre-Coke, Lindsay. Oh, fair enough. True. But there has been a lot of media that actually uses it really well. Justice League Unlimited, The Great Brain Robbery, oh, the Dark. Yeah. Uh, there's a Darkwing Duck episode. There's a Darkwing Duck comic that did it. Uh, there's a Ruby Spears Mega Man episode. There's Batman Brave and the Bold, which is one of my favorites, because you see Batwom- Batman and Batwoman trade places. <laughs> Or the, even the Teen Titans episode that did this. But I think my favorite, and we may need to do this movie another day for an episode, but the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie, they covered it. Not only did they do it, they did it really well. They covered what the Power Rangers episode here essentially had a lot of missed opportunity. Yeah, crossing crossing bodies is one thing, but crossing genders, well, it's no big shocker for the trope. But even for a, quote, goody-goody show like Power Rangers, we could have had some really good humor that hit both kid and adult sensibilities that played on the battle of the sexes. I mean, for crying out loud, when Fred and Daphne change places in the Scooby-Doo movie, the first thing Fred and Daphne does, I'm going to look, he says, I'm going to look at myself naked. Now, the adults in us know what he's going getting at. <laughs> the kids are thinking, that, you know, that naked is funny. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm sorry, but when Power Rangers misses that opportunity to you, for a, a, so, a socially repressed nerd to, in a girl's body in a and a popular, valley girl in a popular girl's body, that only that and a valley girl in a boy body. I mean, come on. I mean, just a scene of one of them coming out of the bathroom would have been sufficient enough. Just weren't just. The other three rangers really never got a chance to really react to this or even laugh about it. Yeah, no. they, didn't, they didn't even make fun of them. They were just like, oh, that sucks. I mean, come on. Whether you're a guy or a girl, if this happened to your best friend, as much as concerned you'd be for him, you'd be laughing your butt off. Oh, I'd be laughing, and then after I got punched at least twice, then I'd finally stop and say, okay, what can we do? <laughs> I, I'd still <laughs> chuckle a little after that. <laughs> I will give props for both David uh, actors David Yost and Emily Joe Johnson for carrying the other characters really well. Yeah, I actually um, they and more props mimicking each other on this. And props to the creators for not cheating and overdubbing 
like they didn't do enough of that already. Overdubbing the voices. And actually... <laughs> Which, though, was... that could have been funny, especially if they goofed up the uh, lip syncing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then we'd have yeah. to sit through after uh, having to watch that episode again, we'd have to sit through the bad lip syncing. This is true. Yeah. So, is the episode forgettable? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, what sticks in my mind when I think about the series today, yeah, obviously Green with Evil, uh, Green Candle, uh, the original pilot, uh, the original episode, and, I don't know, maybe the Pearl episode, where the, if that makes any sense, where the evil pearls that froze everyone in place. Well, the one of the ones that stood out to me from season one was Doomsday, the two-parter where it was supposed to be like the end of the show or something. Where uh, Goldar gets his own Zord and beats the heck out of him, and I just remember it had that one fight where the Megazord loses its arm. Huh? Yeah. I, mean, this... I wonder what Zordon pays insurance premiums. <laughs> My thought is, why didn't the monsters ever go to New York? I mean, yeah, they'll have free reign to destroy everything as when they're big. But the rangers would have to be uh, very careful not to destroy buildings and harm innocents. Because, I mean, here's a little bit of trivia. Angel Grove, after the first few episodes of Power Rangers canon, in in canon, started building shelters to protect citizens. I thought you were going to say, like, half the city was rubble by the end of the first three episodes. Well, there's that, but... (laughs) That, too, but, I mean, the city built shelters to have people evacuate to. And, I mean, they probably uh, invested in some of the uh, Chinese building techniques of, like, Lego bricks or something to bring the city back up to size. But still, uh, New York didn't have anything like that. Why couldn't they just go there and destroy everything? Or it's, just, it's a big planet. Why did why Villain focus... Yeah, why focus on one city? Why didn't yeah? Why didn't she just take over the rest of the world and then kind of you know just close in on them? Angel, we're putting ow ow brain stop. We're putting way too much thought into this show, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember a lot of good things about this series. I remember the first. uh, I remember the first episode. I remember when the uh, Zach, Trini, and uh, Jason left uh, left the ranger force to mm-hmm. go and be young ambassadors and with them Rocky Adam and Aisha coming to replace them I remember Ninjor as weird as that is I remember the alien rangers when for the longest time I, people wouldn't would tell me they didn't remember those episodes yeah I, I was long gone by then sorry I, I always remember uh, when Tommy came back as the White Ranger, he had the talking sword, and they would get into arguments. Saba! Yep. Uh, but this was a series very very near and dear to me, because, I mean, before it was even shown in the U.S., I was watching it in Japan when I was very young, and the Japanese version. Huh. So, the, again, the series... Did you have subtitles, or did you get what was going on, or...? Um, I well, I was three when I moved out of Japan, but I still, uh, I still remember watching a few ep- of the Japanese episodes. Huh. So, and like I said, this series is very near and dear to me. Hmm. It's also why Michael, I'm about to, put, I want to put Michael Bay's head on a pike right now, but that's another story. <laughs> well, 
And for those that are that are Ranger fans and is like me, will still watch the series or movies or what have you. There, Lionsgate is thinking about producing another Power Rangers movie. I saw that. I know uh, um, Jason David Frank wants something to do with it too. He wants to be a part of it. And I'm hoping as many of the original ca- American cast be able to come and participate in the movie. Well, we'll talk about that after the last break. All right. Sorry, I had to run to L.A. to take out my uh, aggression for that bit there. <laughs> uh, what was the uh, damage this time? Uh, Michael Bay's convertible. Uh, and nothing of value was lost. Oh. Well, he did recoup that in ten minutes. So, uh, I, I guess we can wrap it up here. Yeah, for those of you who still want to watch the show, like who are interested in maybe looking back at the show or been wondering where you can find it outside of YouTube, uh, net, the, all the shows are up on Netflix. They're up. That's Netflix. where I watched it. Yep, they're up on Amazon, which is where I watched it. I know they just released a DVD set of everything from season one. I think it goes through Lost Galaxy, so it's the first. I think it's like ten seasons, not ten seasons, but I, I did see the the YouTube channel Black Nerd Comedy. He had a, I think it's it's a Red Ranger helmet, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that was like the collector's version of it. But yeah, they've been, I mean, they've still been releasing the shows on DVD and like spurts. And I don't know if any of the new video games are any good, but I can, if anyone's still into retro stuff, the old SNES game is actually still a really fun beat 'em up. It is. It's hard. It gets harder in the later, later stages. Yeah, um, and, and it even has the uh, hidden fighting game. If you punch in a password, you can do an actual fighting game with the Zords. Or you can get the Genesis game out and actually have a fighting game. Yep, and that one's actually still pretty fun. And if you are going to Dragon Con uh, at the end of this month of August, you will be able to meet a couple of the, Super, uh, the Power Ranger Samurai characters. The Red Ranger and the Green Ranger I know of is going to be there. Oh, cool. Neat. All right. Well, that's, that's it. So, so next, next episode. Yes. What do we want to do? So for episode 11, this is the big one, folks. We are going to discuss and tackle and beat and pin and throw around. You can tell he doesn't like this one. Until it taps out. Yep, until it taps out, and even then we'll keep the hold on, and then beat it with a chair. We are going to cover Star Trek Into Darkness. In other words, let's rewrite Star Trek Two. only bad. Hey, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not with these two right here. Well, I, I enjoyed the movie the first time I saw it, and every time I've watched it since, it's just been less and less fun. Yeah, as I was rewatching it the second, as I was watching it the second time, like why? Am, first of all, I went, why am I rewatching this? And then the further I got, I was like, no, no, no. Just all the seams were falling apart in it, and I was eventually yelling at the TV. So, 
Yep, so stay tuned for next time, folks. Star Trek Into Darkness. Or where, they make like fun of, where they make fun of Beelzebub Crucifix. Or, wait, Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I, I thought his name was Bernadette mm-hmm. Cabbage Patch. Well, look at me. I don't have anything clever. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're out! Have a good one. Super strong, all the siblings, they say Super Six.